All right, it is October 31st. 2022. It is Halloween, and we're having a big paranormal Halloween episode for the Union of the Unwanted. Uh, Ricky's over there. How are you doing, Ricky? Doing great. Doing great. Remember, people, Union of the Unwanted every other Monday on Rockfin streaming, and then you can also find on Odyssey. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a little distracted by Buddy the Elf. And. <laughs> <laughs> who's co-hosting with us anybody now but and uh and the audio is available everywhere within uh, a couple of days so definitely subscribe to us on spotify itunes wherever you listen to podcasts i uh, definitely subscribe to you unwanted and uh today we have a fun show it's kind of it's going to be a paranormal halloween type of special union of the unwanted we're going to share some stories maybe some personal experiences and uh and go from there and we have some new guests Mike's friends, you want to introduce your buddies and, yeah. and maybe open up with that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Lisa and Patrick. Uh, Lisa is a psychic medium. Patrick is an intuitive. Uh, we met them years ago, and uh, Lisa did psychic readings for myself and my wife. Uh, we've had many conversations about everything strange, paranormal, conspiratorial. They're just lovely people, and I was like, who better to talk to? about the paranormal than a psychic and an intuitive and two people who've gone out investigating the paranormal and clearing houses. So thank you, Patrick and Lisa, for joining us. Yeah, it's fun. We're, we're glad to be here. Thanks yeah. for asking us. It's a great honor. Thanks. Um, so real quick, just to start things off. So uh, you guys have gone out to haunted houses or haunted properties, and you have been tasked with clearing some properties um, you guys started it. You started doing that. You kind of. Last time we talked, you stopped doing that kind of thing. Can you give us like an overall, uh, maybe story of what you may have encountered when you've done one of these kind of jobs? Boy, um, <clears throat> we we've encountered uh, so many unique things um, from a haunted uh a haunted straw doll filled with pornography uh, a dog being thrown down a hole um a 200 year old house uh that was just full of ghosts um things being thrown toys toys going off having a mind of their own <laughs> doorbells going off while we're there talking to the homeowners uh, hair being pulled <laughs> when i had hair mike this is me and my cancer journey my hair is finally growing back I'm I'm happy that you're doing much better now and you're yeah, kind of you. recovering a little bit. So oh, I'm yeah. I'm really happy to hear that. So yeah, we've we've experienced a lot in a short amount of time too. Um, years ago, uh, Lisa thought she got the call to do house clearings and and maybe expand her business that way. So uh, once she decided, yeah, this is something we probably need to explore. Boy, the the uh, experiences just came, and we didn't go asking for them; they came to us. And um, we we had a crazy, crazy journey for several years. So, so I'll tell you what, and I and I told Spirit, you know, because I'm a psychic medium, and I said, "Look, if I'm if I'm going to do this work, you need to give me a big sign, right? I need a big sign." And within a couple of weeks, I had a, a gentleman call me, and um, they had a nine thousand square foot home. And their children were being scared and, 
And uh, that's the house Patrick's talking about had like a haunted doll and everything. So we went and do you want us to just like tell you stories? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah I'm fascinated by this. And I think everyone else will get a big kick out of it too. So, you know, I can't, I'm not going to make believers out of people. I can just tell you from our personal experience. When we got there, we started talking to the homeowner and they're like, yeah, you know, it sounds like we hear high heels walking through the kitchen because they had this beautiful tiled floor and, and, and uh, they're like, yeah, you know, um, at the time, I think the son was like two or three and he would literally just run screaming through the house that something was chasing him. And, and, um, you know, so imagine this house, it's 3000 square foot per level. Not, yeah. So we plus a full basement, plus a, you know, full basement was 3000 how, you know, upstairs, you know, each level was like 3000 square feet. So we started on the first level and I'm walking through the kitchen and I'm like, holy hell. So this isn't, this isn't a woman in high heels. This is a, this is a freaking beast walking around with his hooves upright. And I could just, I could sense it. I could feel it. You could just, you know, like a, um, a split hooved being like, like a beastie looking thing. And um, I remember at one point, now we've been out to this house twice. Mm -hmm. So the first, this is the first time we went out. And I remember just asking the homeowners, has remember I, 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 maybe I'm mixing the story up, but but we asked the homeowners had anybody worked with Ouija? Yeah, because we felt a Ouija board activity in the house, and no, 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 no and they had they had one or two teenage boys. No, no, nobody's been messing with a Ouija board. So we go around the house and we go downstairs and and you know the um, there's the house was so big they had areas of the house that didn't even have stuff in it, and they had this big huge like room closet that's like the size of our small bedroom here that we're in and there was this weird looking like doll sitting in the corner literally like like chucky got loose out of its container and was just like sitting in the corner and we're like it, it was it was very stylish you know it was it was very artsy and unique and it was probably two feet tall or so and it was made out of some type of straw or like corn shucks or something like that yeah, and, so, and and that's all it was in this room was that one doll leaning against the wall. So we're like, so why is this doll in the room? And everyone's like, oh my god, that doll creeps us out. Oh. Nobody, nobody, you know, it's been given to us as a gift, and we don't want to get rid of it, you know, because it's a gift. But it just creeps everybody out. And I'm like, yeah, it's creeping me out too. There's something really like off with this doll. So the homeowners decided, you know what, we don't want it anymore. You can get rid of it. So. We took it outside and the one kid's like, can I, can I cut it up before you guys try to burn it? And we're like, sure, go ahead, cut it up. Well, he starts cutting this doll open and it's this, like he said, it was like this, you know, doll that had this beautiful face on it, had this made out of straw and all this kind of stuff. But stuffed on the inside was all this Philip Philippine um, pornography. Like news. <laughs> it was, it, it was newspapers from some kind of, uh, uh, French society newspaper where you could order any perverse sexual experience you could specifically imagine. Filipino women, though, is what we're discussing here. No, it was not necessarily. No, it no. was men. It was. Oh, what? What did you mean by Philippine? Maybe I misunderstood. It was, it was from the Philippines. Yeah, from the Philippines. Yeah. Oh. It, the, this doll apparently came from the Philippines, and it was stuffed with a newspaper from the Philippines. And I, it, I mean, it was. <laughs> You could order any perversion you wanted to this 
newspaper or magazine or whatever it was. Yeah. So we got him to cut, we got him to cut the doll up and we're like, okay, we're going to take this doll way out back and we're going to burn it because that's the best way to like transmute negative energy is to just, you know, use sage, burn things, just get rid of it. The dang thing wouldn't catch fire. Well, now that did. Oh, that did? You're getting your stories mixed okay, up. Okay, see, I want to make the sure. The doll did catch fire, and it burned really weird. But um, on our uh, what, what Lisa's talking about wouldn't burn was on our first trip to this house, we're walking down the steps. And I, I always go first in the basement for some reason because I'm, I'm a little more geared toward the negative energy than Lisa. She's more angelic, and I'm more um, uh, toward the, the, ne- the negative stuff. So I start walking down the steps and I say, there's something under these stairs that's not right. (laughs) Well, there were so many things going on on this house. We kind of forgot about that. Um, And we can go more into what happened the first day. But I'm going to skip to the second time we went where they were having all these toys going off uh, without without anybody pushing buttons or anything. So um, we started walking down the steps on the second time we were there. And it was like a few months later. And, uh, and I said, darn it, there's something under these stairs. It's not right. So Lisa said, well, go check it out. Well, they, there was just a little area where you could barely stick your head through a slot and see what was under the stairs. And I could see there was a, a piece of paper. Uh, actually, it turned out to be two pieces of paper folded up into a quarter. Um <laughs> So we got something and we fished that out. And, uh, well, before, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's all right. So I look back there and I see this paper and I tell Lisa, I said, there's something back there and it's creepy as hell. I said, you got to yeah. come back here and look at it. Well, you had to go behind the furnace, crawl over all these carpet remnants and get back in there and look. So she goes back and looks at whatever <laughs> was in there. And I, and I about laugh my ass off. <laughs> I never saw a woman her age run so fast. She'd come flying out from behind that furnace, tripping over the carpet, falling on the floor. She runs out into the basement. I'm like, what in the hell happened? And I'm laughing. And she's leaning up against the bar, huffing and puffing. And she's like, just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. And um, she says, there's something back there, and it's not right. And she goes, Fuck no, it's not going to beat us. <laughs> so we we go back in there and we fish out this piece of paper. And it was um, some type of like creepy pornography um, that somebody had thrown under the stairs. And it had some really wacky, weird energy to it. So now that, I took that outside and tried to burn it. And a piece no bigger than a nickel would burn in any one time. And I just kept with this lighter trying to burn. Have you ever seen paper not burn? Can I uh, can I interject really quickly? There, there's a story I just learned about in in England. They found a shoe inside of the walls of a house, and apparently in English folklore, one practices that you you hide a shoe in between the walls of your house because the devil will get trapped in the shoe if he tries to haunt your home. And and one of these you know practices would be to take hair or even you know little pieces of fingernails and other things and put them in those crawl spaces under the stairs. Who knows? Maybe they thought this uh, lucidious <laughs> photography would attract negative spirits and trap them there. 
Well, it worked. It worked because it was the creepiest stairs I've ever witnessed. Yeah, it was creepy so as hell. It, but it, it wouldn't burn. It took me 20 minutes to burn that paper, believe it or not. Yeah. So circling back to the first time we were there, though, when we were out back trying to burn that doll, the people came out on their back porch and they started yelling for us. And they're like, the toys are going off again, yelling across the, the yard. So we go running back up to the house. We go in and they've got this, they've got this just, I don't know, probably 15, 20 toys. And they're just randomly going off. Nobody's touching them. And we're just watching them and like, okay, well that, I don't, you know, I mean, which one do you start with? And then all of a sudden the doorbell starts ringing. No one's at the door. <laughs> it was the most bizarre, crazy. And I'm telling you every single level we were in, in that house, something was setting up shop because we found what like four or five portals in that house yeah. open from yeah. but circling back around even further we asked again please has anyone been playing with the ouija that lives in this house or who has visited this house and finally the one kid admitted that he had been playing with it well he was a teenage boy like yeah. 14 years old and when we were in his bedroom we could see this portal in his wall it was just swirling with like dark energy and it was huge it was probably six feet in diameter do you guys ever see stargate oh yes okay you know how it had like that silvery like and they go they run up that ramp and they jump through that thing and they go into a different time yeah that's exactly what this thing looked like but it was like swirling metallic and black and yeah it was, it I mean, was you could, crazy it was crazy and we knew we knew somebody was playing with a ouija board we knew it was it like a spiral yes yeah yeah you've seen it before have you seen uh yeah yeah you're telling uh, me you have so one portal. sorry you could see <laughs> this portal with the naked eye or with your psychic vision you could see it with your psychic, psychic yes, yeah, psychic vision, psychic eye. Yeah. yeah, and 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 the um, if I may add, the the naked eye, I would, in my opinion, as well. You just have to amplify the the charge of it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I've actually seen portals, but not necessarily mm -hmm. negative ones with the with the naked eye. I've actually seen that, but this one was more like my psychic eye, and I was like, but you, but you, it was like walking in a room, and it was like almost walking into the upside down of stranger things if you've ever seen that show right it, it was, was it was freaking creepy, creepy as hell in this kid's room and it was like he was in the basement bedroom so it even added to that like creepy like you know and then he had even said you know because he lived in the he lived in the basement bedroom and they had like a little finished area for him out front and he said that when he would watch tv he would see something walking in front of like the clock, like the clock numbers would disappear and show up again and, and like pace back and forth in front of his electronics. Well, shit was coming through that wall. You guys, are we allowed to cuss? Oh yeah, absolutely. We, we, we encourage it. <laughs> shit was coming through and it was just like setting up shop. They were just like going in, coming yeah. out, going in, coming out. And, you know, so it's like each level. So in finding this stuff, the question becomes, what do you do with it? So that's when, you know, we go into that mode of Ghostbuster, right? Bring it out our sage, Palo Santo, 
um, frankincense and myrrh. Yeah, the prayer. power, just the power of intent. Yeah. You know, calling in like Archangel Michael, Archangel Metatron, setting up them at the post so nothing else can come through. And it's basically just like sealing it back up. If you can envision something that, um, Kind of like, okay, yeah, I think even in Stargate, they even had like a thing that when they closed the portal, like the f-stop of a camera, how it would just, you know, and then everything like locked like metal. Do you know what I'm talking about? Five, five spins left like toward seven spins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of what we do is we just like, you know, lock it, lock it down with something like that. Just like close the iris of the opening and then, but that doesn't mean that they can't be opened again somewhere else if they were to mess around with things or play with things or, or do things. But, um, but yeah, that's probably one of the strangest experience. Yeah. We, and, 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 and we're only telling you about a fourth of the things that happened in that house, but, um, uh, and it's not nearly the, the most haunted house, but, um, well, yeah, it, that was it, maybe, maybe you can give some advice out there. Cause I know like on TikTok, like witchery and spiritualism is huge. There are people, young people, we're going out buying Ouija boards, using it without any sort of consideration of the the ramifications of what that really means for for their life and and uh, what that could bring into their their household here. And then you have it tried to hex Allah on TikTok. Oh, did it work? No, they oh. said don't try to hex Allah; yeah. it'll backfire real real bad. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And then you then you have people like uh, that have like uh, ghost shows, and during these like these ghost hunting shows, they'll go into a haunted place. They'll use the Ouija board and a spirit box. Like for an amateur who wants to get into this, what do you recommend? Do you recommend people do this at all, or what are some maybe some safety well, tips? I'm gonna take I'm gonna take you back to how I even found out I was a medium, Mike. Okay. I don't know if I told you this. Story. I don't think so. Have you guys, um, have any of you ever heard of the um, the home called Prospect Place? Uh, Taps, do you guys know the, the ghost hunting com company Taps that used to have a TV show? Sure, yeah. They've actually done, they've actually done a, um, a show with Taps. And um, so I went there one time when they, this was back in 2000 and, 2006, they were doing a Civil War reenactment on the grounds. And my sister's like, oh my gosh, we need to go there because... That, you know, the Civil War reenactment is going to like stir everything up. And this is before I knew I was a medium. I knew I didn't know any of this stuff. I thought, oh, how fun. We get there. It's about 10 o'clock at night. The only thing they turn all the lights off and um, you walk around with a flashlight in this house. Well, the guy who was the kind of the tour guide that got us started took us up to the third level of this floor. And he's like, oh, there's a lot of kids that like to play here. And and uh, he goes, watch this. He goes, I'm going to throw this ball. And usually they'll play ball with us. So we were kind of standing in a semicircle. He rolls the ball down. The ball hits the wall, starts rolling back, stops, does a 90-degree turn, and rolls and stops at the feet of the person next to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why didn't I leave? I don't know. But we stayed. So then they would have you go down into the basement. Now, um, Prospect Place was, was part of the Underground Railroad. And it's, they used to keep, you know, the people that were moving about the, the slaves and stuff down in that basement. So there's a lot of really super negative energy down there. And they're like, here, you, you sit on these steps and we're going to take pictures of you and some crazy stuff happens. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm game. So the only thing I could see was every time they would take a picture of me, I could see the light flashing and that was it, right? It was pitch black, but off to my left, I could hear growling, right? 
And I was like, I don't remember seeing a dog in the house. I'm still sitting there. I'm still sitting there. They're taking pictures of me. And then I feel this like fingernail run up the back of my spine, like a pointed fingernail, like some, like a woman wears a really long nail or, you know, I felt it from, from the base of my spine, go up the back of my spine. And in my head, I was like, this ain't right. So I started praying. <laughs> it was, it, and then the other pictures taken of me and the guy, Randy, he leans over and he shows my sister the photo of me from the back of the camera. And he goes, he goes, what color is your sister's hair? And back then I had, you know, longer blonde hair before the cancer. She goes, it's not that color. And he says, Lisa, he goes, I want you to stand up and walk to the sound of my voice. Well, he just say I ran. And so we go outside. He's like, well, let's just go outside. Cause I was just like, I just had like this, it was a horrible experience. And they're like, here, I don't know what it is about a cat, but here, hold this cat. And as long as the cat stays in your lap, um, you know, you're fine. Nothing possessed you. And I'm thinking to myself, what the, what the, I have photos of this. I was on their website. Like there, I was on the ghost hunting website for years, photos of me, normal sitting, and photos of what happened to me sitting, I turned into a black man. And there were all these orbs around me of all of these other energies that were down there in the basement. And it wasn't me. Like I, the photo of me is, is not me. Um, and guess what? We stayed. We didn't even leave that house until like five o'clock in the morning. I was touched. I had my hair pulled, more growling. I mean, it was absolutely bizarre. Getting some action. No one would have stayed. Right? I go back to work and I'm telling everybody about it. Nobody believes me. I'm like, oh, let's go back. Let's go back. I'll, I'll, I'll call them up. We booked the house again a month later. I took like, I don't know, 12 people, 15 people from work. All kinds of shit was going on. Everybody's having all kinds of experiences. But what got me the most, and I still have this photo. I didn't take it. But a gentleman that I worked with was out front. He was there with his girlfriend and she was sitting on the stoop and he started taking photos of her. And in every single window of that house was some ghoulish figure that seriously looked like Halloween. Honest to God. I, I was still married to my first husband at the time. And it took me like months to be able to sleep without the lights on. I mean, it was crazy. I should, I should find those photos because I still have them somewhere. So I go back to work. I'm talking to a friend of mine at work about what's happened. And he's like, well, you know why these things are happening, Lisa? I'm like, I don't have a clue. He's like, well, you're a medium. And I said, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. This shirt's an extra large. I haven't worn a medium since high school. Like, I didn't know any of this stuff. So that was my introduction. So if you guys are looking for a place, and I do believe that they still do ghost hunts there. Um, but this particular house years and years ago, when I was younger was abandoned for many, many years. And they used to do, um, there's a lot of, um, what do you call it? Like sacrificial stuff that happens down like in Zanesville. Mm -hmm. Have you heard about that? Like Zanesville and. Yeah. Uh, I've heard some pretty sketchy things just in general around Ohio. Activity so, so. In, in Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of that stuff actually yeah. happened in that house. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So when we were walking through it, they, the way they like the graffiti from the people that would do the sacrifices and stuff, that stuff was still on the walls and it was like 
you know, so that inner, that's the energy that was there. So, you know, your question is, should people get into this? What should they do? How do they protect themselves? You know, it's, you don't, you, you don't really want to go unprepared or yeah, uneducated. Like I to think how to and because if, if you say, well, I'm just going to go look for ghosts, you're going to find them. They will find you. And if you're not prepared and if you don't know how to protect yourself and if you don't know how to pull your tit out of a ringer, they can make your life miserable. And it, it's real. And can I ask uh, a question? Yes. Hi there. Hi. So what if you were to say that just every day walking out the door, like forget about ghosts. How about demons? People are increasingly not really inhabiting their bodies as far as I'm concerned. And we all need to protect ourselves and okay. be embodied. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's increasingly, I'm boycotting Halloween this year just because I've fully grasped the, the satanic roots, but no, you know, no judgment for people who dress up um, or celebrate. So I just, I wonder that. And also in regards to your experiences with the example you gave, do you look at the deeds and see, like, my first question is, like, what's happened in this house? Aside from the doll and probably it's picking up the energy of whatever, whoever's making that doll or whatever's associated with with where that doll is hanging out. Well, you know, that's really interesting because one thing we didn't mention is um, this man had a business where um, he would bring athletes in from mostly Africa. And he would train them in uh, the U.S. and and I forget why he did that, but it's they, a personal trainer. But but they, yeah, they were athletes. Yeah, but they came from Africa, and there's a lot of um, pagan type religions in mm-hmm. Africa. Uh, uh, I think Santeria came from Africa, and um, Voodoo has roots in Africa. I mean, it's so, real. So I mean, yeah, it's, it's real. So I don't know if that was kind of a catalyst. But also, the kid playing with the Ouija board is the biggest thing that we picked up on yeah. in this house. So, yeah. But what you're talking about is absolutely valid. Like, if you're, um, the land itself can be haunted before a house is even built, mm-hmm. right? Um, we've actually run into that, too, mm-hmm. where <laughs> it's a, it's a, I'll just say a community here in Columbus or, or the vicinity yeah. of yeah. Columbus. The whole neighborhood the is haunted. The whole neighborhood. The whole neighborhood. And we have a friend who, um, she's a friend now, but she called us out to to take a look at her house. And it was like, like almost every neighbor on their street, somebody had been afflicted with some type of illness, like heart yeah. attacks and cancer. It's, and- it's interesting because we were out back of this house and Lisa's just tapping into the neighborhood. And she said, that person over there has cancer and that person over there has a heart condition and that person over there is having um uh, relationship trouble when she named like four or five different neighbors and the issues they were having and the neighbor or, or I'm sorry the homeowner confirmed absolutely everything and she said none of these people had any problems until they moved into this neighborhood and relationships were falling apart in this neighborhood big time and 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 the amount of grief and death that was in this neighborhood was crazy so um I was just I was just talking about that the other day on my podcast about uh, something called like paranormal sickness where there's a there's a region uh, like a plot of land maybe a few acres people who move into this region in a neighborhood 
they start to get depressed. They start to feel ill and they just like prolonged yeah. sickness over time. And there's just a wealth of spirits there. And what a psychic said when they visited there, there's almost like this barrier keeping these spirits in. And so how or why do the spirits hang around? If they Are they just trapped? They don't know how to exit? Like, how do you help them move on if they want to? That's a good question. Uh, I don't think any of these spirits really wanted to move on. Uh, and we actually, uh, Archangel Michael is kind of my my go-to for spirit things like that. So I called him in and, um, and we basically, we set up like a portal in the ground to make these things go away. And as we're standing there uh, rounding up these critters, creatures, whatever you want to call them, and marching them down through that portal to leave the neighborhood uh, with Archangel Michael, they were walking by and they were like, um, goblins and um yes. creatures that just contorted and and they had some of them were carrying you know primitive tools and um they had what we would definitely consider ugly faces and uh, not all of them but a lot of them did and when they were walking by us they were looking at me and their brow was wrinkled and they were like real pouty looking and they were like mm, just walking by and then they would walk by and drop through this portal we busted up their party yeah, yeah. Bust up their party. Yeah. So, you know, who knows what is going on? I mean, we've only been on this planet for a very short time. You know, Homo sapiens, what, 100,000 years or 300,000 years, something like that. But the, the history of this planet is just so varied and, and diverse. It's crazy. So who knows what was here before? Who knows what? I mean, we're, we're, we often talk about other dimensions and other um, densities and different vibrations, you know. So, you know, you can't see a radio wave, but we know they're there. So these creatures, they're existing in another frequency on this planet in complete harmony with us, or in parallel, I'm sorry, in parallel with us. And uh, like sometimes a radio wave may cause a headache or ringing in the ears or something like that. These things that are in a different vibration, sometimes their vibration is to the point to where it interferes with us and probably the other way around. You know, they don't want Can I jump in very quickly when um, and I'm just speaking from certain experiences here when when one um, for lack of a better explanation, uh, I guess you could say works on or is observing what some may refer to as as anti-gravitic energy it's the same thing as what our friends here are, are so um graciously describing there i'm of the humble opinion what has been called anti-gravity and the emergence between that and the paranormal are like this um there's no there's no difference because the energies that are being applied in that regard for lack of a better term are the same energies applied with anti-gravitic propulsion all that kind of stuff and um no, no, don't don't mean to steal the show no, here. But if, I think that's a good point. There's a lot of uh, people that had UFO experiences. When they get close to a UFO, they often have near-death experiences. Like they see uh, loved ones that have passed on. So uh, well, I can, I, Sorry, I can do you one better. I can, again, make of it as you guys genuinely will. But I have a slide from the early 1990s from the Department of Defense on their take on demons. If you guys want to see very quickly. Oh, I, I yeah. I would love to hear there to take on I just it. need permission to share my screen. That's sure, all. sure. Uh, I think you can start sharing. I'll give you permission. Thank you. Um, one second. 
unfortunately, not yet. Shakespeare said uh, the evidence for what, what did he say? Um, um, oh, shoot. Can I offer an alternative explanation while uh, Dave is pulling up his slide? I would argue that we have a great deal of evidence for what was going on in Ohio specifically, uh, almost, you know, four, five hundred and even as early as three, two hundred years ago. Right. Like not that long ago, there was an entire culture of people who had uh, a deep amount of complex practices involving their ancestors and their dead past loved ones. Yeah. And I would argue that, you know, you, you come and put all this cement everywhere. You build all these towns where there formerly were sacred sites and mounds. The people living there are no longer honoring those ancestors. Yeah. I think those ancestors are going to start to be upset about that. Yeah. So absolutely, Mark. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think most people have heard that before. It's sort of like a trope from the, the pet cemetery movie. Poltergeist, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't move the you just moved the headstone. Hey Dave, when when you share this uh can you take into consideration or anyone whether whatever's happening on a technological 5G or if anything's like screwing with frequency bleedings into one another or um, what Does I can make sense, Miriam. What I can tell you, and I, I don't mean to seem like a, a Mr. Know It All because I'm absolutely not. But from as from what I understand, um, one of the issues with quote unquote anti gravity, and I'll bring this full circle for everybody here, is that when one, for lack of a better term, cracks or understands, whether theoretically on paper or in an engineering sense, how to develop what's been called anti gravity, the concern is is not so much that you know, everyone, it's easier to do than most people think. One doesn't necessarily need to be a scientist, but the concern is that once you crack anti-gravity, you crack the rest. What do I mean by that? Telekinesis, yep. stargates, you name it. And this, this becomes, it's all encompassing, which is why um, basically in academia, I'm of the humble opinion, there's been a deliberate butchering, right? With you have- CERN? With CERN? Is, is CERN implicated in any bleeding or fuckery CERN? with time? CERN yeah. is, the, is the biggest, um, yes, I would, yes, short form, yes. Yes, I, I, yeah. So basically, long story short, I would say that what we're, it, it's it's one in this, this idea of, uh, in, in academia, optics, engineering, uh, physics, chemistry, there's been a deliberate butchering so that everyone is an expert at one thing, but not a generalist at all of it, so that you can't apply all of it synchronistically and come to what's been called a unified field theory or an answer to everything, right? I saw recently Eric Weinstein said, you know, we have to admit to ourselves in the physics community that we haven't made any progress in 40, maybe 50 years. I have zero credentials, but I would respectfully disagree with Mr. Weinstein and say, Brother, you got to look back more like 150, 200 years, not 50, because it, once you see the, the suppression over time, it, it's what I think what Dr. Salvatore Paez said, uh, which is that um, it's a new perspective on old uh, science. There's no, I think we are a species rediscovering the same f fundamental energies over and over again. I could be wrong, but that's that's where I go. And I think for better or worse, I think things like CERN are a tool. It's a matter of who's behind the control room, mm -hmm. right? Well, David, Once you, yeah. I'm sorry. Do you want to share your slide real quick? And uh, maybe you can uh, talk to us about what the DOD thinks uh, demons are. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm curious because there was a book that came out uh, about a year and a half ago called uh, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon, uh, written by some people, or written by George Knapp and I think Colm Kelleher, who yeah, expert like they they were been on Skinwalker Ranch, and so this is kind of like the brief assessment over overview. So I'd be curious to see what you got here. So look, I'm gonna I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I'll share the slides with you. I've been the last six to ten months on a bit of a a, a journey with the way I stumbled across this. It was a complete accident. Um, long story short, I'm gonna be very honest with you guys here. I have to watch my words because. What I'm about to say is going to sound so ridiculous that I don't really care who hears it or not. Basically, about four or five months ago, I in in my basement cracked anti-gravity and DOD found out. So now I'm trying to play safe, basically. Okay. But they, they know I have it and I know that they know. But basically, the reason I can say it so publicly is because some are trying to get me under NDA, but this all sounds so ridiculous. Who's going to believe me anyways? So... I nice. mean, not, not, not to you guys <laughs> in general. I'd they hey, I'd love to know if you want to share with me. I won't tell anybody, but my podcast listeners. <laughs> what, did you do? what did you do? What did you do? Summon a demon? Or uh, well, okay. Here's the thing. I'm not. I'm truly, guys. Forgive me. I'm not trying to steal the show here. But no, you just it, take it. it. One, the energy is one and the same. You, okay. you get into it. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. So, David, up on for people listening at home, David has yeah. has displayed an image and is titled yeah. "Vacuum Engine." Uh, Jillian's of working, working ST demons. Space time demons. Space okay. So, in other words, basically, um, what happened was after I had cracked anti gravity, essentially, what happened was that various branches of the Department of Defense, uh, basically, because they have sensors that can pick this stuff up. The first time around that I did it, essentially, I EMP'd the basement because I didn't contain it. it it's very. Um, it is dangerous. Don't get me wrong. It, it's not as, as as simple as people might, as some may think. But point is, is that I then made various presentations to different uh, branches of, of the DOD and no one, not a single one ever laughed at me. I had everyone from engineers to other things I can't say at them, other people I can't discuss to the point where now there may be, again, I, I, I have to see what's what's going on here. But let's just say that if you guys remember that kid, Dr. Parkenstein, the one who was doing the free energy on TikTok and that everyone was making fun of because they said, you know, how's he doing it? Parker. Um, yeah. Parker Edmondson is who Parker Edmondson. Uh, there we go. Yeah. He's closer than people might think. It, it's the, it's the Tesla tech basically. Okay. okay. For lack of, yeah. It, it's basically, it's been right under our noses the whole time. I don't want to be that vague, but essentially what we're seeing in the slide here is that basically what we call Okay, so we have solids, liquids, and gases, right? Now, what, what's lighter than a gas, whether in visual, optically, or in actual mass and weight? Well, we don't really know. Maybe a, a Bose-Einstein condensate for those that are interested in physics or whatever. But ultimately, let's take a look, for example, at a flashlight or a laser. When we turn that light on and we put our hand in front of the flashlight, we see that the light is going over our hand, right? But we don't feel it, but we still know that it's there. So in other words, what we would call demons arguably would operate in the same general way, which is that they reside. Think about a bunch of stacked books and we are only experiencing and seeing the top book, but there's an infinite amount of stacks of stacks of books underneath it that can then pop up. That's what the, when we look at the bottom left of the slide here, when it says demons are electromagnetic hidden variables organized into dynamic structures, that's what that means. They're on like the second or third book underneath the surface one. And we, 
our biosensors can only interpret experience see the surface of that stack of books, if that makes sense. How okay. about plasma? Is plasma a, a dimension in this equation? I unfortunately I can't go there. But that's something? What I just said? Unf yes. Okay. Can, plasma is a fourth state of well, matter, I thought. Yeah. It's like matter, yeah. But well, I, mean, they, stuff, would, I don't know where it comes from. I can't just, comment on that. I would just encourage people to look into that very strongly. Sure. That's all. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that was a very interesting diagram there. So you're saying like us, us normies, there's like 12 books. We're looking at the top layer, but a psychic or someone like that, they may be able to see a couple books down. They might or yeah. not be able or, to see it, but sense it or interact with it in a certain way. I like that. I, I alluded to the phrase in the film Tenet by Christopher Nolan, which is um, don't try and understand it. Feel it. Okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. And there's I do. And there's a reason why I said that there's demons all over, because I'm realizing more and more how I there's other realms that I'm I'm getting messages from. And what I see, like, I don't know why I say plasma. It just comes through me. And what? it's clearly something you you didn't know why you said no i don't you know, a lot of times i say things and they just come through me well, that's I how i do my investigations too. to connect this to ohio gregory little uh dr gregory little just put out a book with andrew collins that discusses these plasma beings and uh <laughs> they seem to have a connection to certain megalithic sites and we all know the serpent mounds are in ohio along with several other ancient sites the adina hopewell culture was there so this this all sort of fits together. It all sort of rhymes in a way. Tech, high tech, and ancient, advanced uh, cultures. You know, it's like history's repeating itself. On, guys, I, oh, sorry. I, I will say that that I'm in Saint Augustine, and there's a lot of haunted places, and I've been feeling like kind of heavy. And there's someone here told me about plasma, but I don't understand it or know how it would fit in your equation. And then also looking at the hydrogel and these biosensors and what they're doing at CERN and feeling there's some types of like disruption happening where the, time, the, doorway. the times are bleeding into and some of us are in the divergence where I happen to see that. But, but clearly there's many people now that are living in a different world than us, right? Listen, years ago, years ago, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Stargate program in remote viewing. Sure. Years, uh, yeah. So I think everyone here has. Yeah. yeah. So years ago, I took a, I took a two day uh, remote viewing class with major Ed Dames. And one of the first things he said to us is be careful where you go. Be careful where you go. Be careful what you look at because they are watching you. And just like Dave said, he did something, but they could feel it, sense it, know it. Like now, now there's like a target on your back because you've, you've tapped into something that you as a, a commoner, just a person out in the world shouldn't have access to. Um, you know, and, and energy, there's a, I did a reading for a client one time, uh, I was working, I was working out of a store and she came in and she was, um, saying that she had had a, um, like a four month stretch of people, people not, um, talking to her, her business was failing, just all this crazy stuff. And intuitively I was like, have you been out of the country? Like, have you been somewhere you've traveled? She goes, well, yeah, I just went back to my home country of Africa. And I said, as soon as she, as soon as she told me where she had been, I saw the uh, the energy of someone who had concocted like 
you call it a spell or a, you know, um, an intention. Curse. Yeah, curse. Uh, cur- that's a good way to put it. And I said, um, this is what's happened to you. Are you ready to break that? And she's like, yeah. And as soon as I said that, I flew back in my chair because the energy of this person knew that I was about to break this spell for her. And she literally punched me from Africa. And I sat back up in my chair and I was like, give me a minute. And I was, and I was just in my head. I was like, you will not fuck with me again. And I said, okay, repeat after me. She came back a couple months later, everything reversed. So you do have to be careful what you're talking about, what you're looking at, where you're looking at it, because it's not just them tracking you on the internet. This is, we've done stuff. So I'm, I'm also, I also do trance channeling where I leave my body and I have beings come through me and speak. And we've done this in our basement before and we've been sitting there and hundreds of times, hundreds of times. And, and one of the beings that I channel is mother Gaia mother earth. And she will stop what she's doing. And she will say, I will not continue because we are not alone. And we will have to say, because they're remote viewing us, we will have to say, we know you're here and you need to leave your home. Then instantly the energy gets pulled back and I'm able to continue. So don't think for a minute that you're protected just because you're not doing it on the internet. They can remote view anybody, anywhere, anytime. They know. They just, they know. Well, if I can- if, if I could back up just 15 minutes, we're talking about how science hasn't changed in 200 years. But I'll, I'll posit this. Um, new, back uh, in the days of Newtonian science, they only dealt with matter. And you move forward till basically, what, 1905 or something like, you know, Einstein comes around. Now, all of a sudden, we start dealing with energy. They used to refer everything uh, from matter and then all of a sudden, now we're talking about everything from energy, uh, or everything is energy. And now the new scientists are studying psychic phenomenon. They're studying all these, um, you know, um, entanglement theory. That's a, a really crazy thing. And uh, the double slit experiment with photons. I, if I could just jump into to that point, to the both of you, what yeah. you're saying, if I may say um, as well, if I very, very kindly um to everyone here, actually, whenever you're looking into a paranormal uh, piece of property or you're having that experience or whatever, it's not something you normally have lying around quite often, but um, try and use an oscilloscope. You'll, it'll, it'll start. Now, I want to say as well, it's Lisa, correct? Yeah. Lisa, when you said you felt that person or your friend punch you from all the other, the other end of the planet, I unfortunately I can't go into any of the detail, but that can be scientifically explained. And actually that was proven by Einstein. It was just never publicized. That can wow. be. Wow. Yeah. She wasn't a friend. She was not a friend. She oh, was. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. To, sorry about that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This, well, um, she was this, the one who was pissed off that I was about to break the curse on the woman that had visited Africa. That, well, that's yeah. kind of where I was going is we used to deal with, only matter then we only dealt with energy now science is starting to deal with consciousness and now um the only thing that can travel faster than the speed of light is consciousness that's well to your to your point sir why do you think they keep using the word quantum 
It's such a vague word. What does it mean? Ask someone, ask a scientist who's not in the know, who doesn't have NDAs with certain, you know, certain government agencies, what quantum means. They well, won't quantum, know. Is, quantum is the smallest packet of information. It's not, we say quantum leap, which, oh, that must be way far away, but it's not. A quanta is the smallest packet of information. Right. And then you ask them how they can quantize or they can, you know, for example, quant quantize gravity or for example if to your point sir in other words there comes a point where they need to they need to limit it when even in the universities with what it actually means because if you actually broke down what it what quantizing those data packets are it would reveal the quote-unquote secret to not just anti-gravity but to free energy universe absolutely the universe is built on consciousness period uh, you know, right. it's, it's not matter. That's just an illusion. You know, it's all consciousness in the mind of creator, whatever that is, you know, uh, like a, a, according to hermetic philosophy, everything is mind. The universe is mind. It doesn't really exist other than in the mind of creator, you know, whatever. Well, as, as Dr. Niels Bohr said in the early 1900s, I'm paraphrasing here. He said, everything that we consider real or physical, tangible or material are made up of things that are not tangible or real, which goes back to what I was saying about like lasers and flashlights. We know it's there, but it like carbon monoxide in the garage. We know it's there. Everyone believes it like it's nothing, but then you start bringing up ghosts and spirits. All of a sudden people start giggling. It's like, that doesn't make any sense by your own logic. So yeah. yeah. Can, I, uh, can I ask Gabe a couple of questions? Yeah. All right. I, I, I hate to interrupt this back and forth between you guys, but I'm really curious here. Uh, first of all, Dave, when it comes to the use of magnetic properties, yes, uh, sir. This is the key, as far as I've come to understand through other people much smarter than myself. Um, this is the key that ties all these things together, and this is the least understood thing when it comes to what it is you're dealing with. Number one, so I'm really happy to see that that's part of your equation because I completely been- agree with that. By the way. Okay, I, I've heard other people try to describe some of the things that you're partially describing right now. And guess what? They're missing that element. They don't understand it. They might have tapped it, but they don't know what they did. Uh, the second thing is, I'm curious if you have anybody consulting you that is actually, let's say, steeped in paganism and not somebody who just views it as all as satanic, who might be able to assist you with identifying certain things that are going on. They're in the DOD. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to find out if that was part of the equation because I recognize what it is you're doing there on that chart. I recognize what's missing from that chart. Okay. And um, I'm not saying that. I'm not going to say any more than that. I think you understand where I'm going here. I I, I understand you, sir. And okay. yes, you I go. got you. Yeah, I was I think- just curious if you were, because I would strongly advise that you have more than one individual who understands these things and not just from the side that's going to be mostly, honestly, what's probably mostly friendly in this group that's in this call right now. Uh, I'll identify myself. I'm probably the only actual pagan on this call. Uh, So I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just guessing. I'm the only one and you're going to have to know somebody who can advise you about certain things that you don't necessarily speak to the rest of the world about you don't write it in books you don't discuss it among other you know what i'm saying i i, I appreciate that sir there uh, there I, I can't go past that but i promise you i'm, I'm, I'm i don't I'm, i don't mean to interject here but 
Am I the only one who's sitting in on this conversation feeling like I'm being left out? I think the audience probably feels that way. We got NDA Dave over here. We got the only pagan. What the heck is going on? This is a union of the unwanted. Can we get more voices and opinions? Hang on. We're supposed to a raven raven or an owl or something is supposed to appear with an invitation. And then afterwards, we get the secret handshake. No and then we can, no. it, so it's a process no. and I feel like the owls are going to show up any moment. No, no, no. I, I grew up in New Jersey. This guy was talking about Ohio. You want to check out a state that's, you know, tiny and full of all kinds of strangeness, check out New Jersey. So <laughs> believe me, I understand. Yeah, but those aren't ghosts. <laughs> well, you know what's going on in New Jersey, right? I mean, if I, if yeah. I may say what we call portals, uh, space, craft all that ufos whatever you want to call it that and extrasensory perception they're one in the same yeah. in my in my opinion it's just a difference in frequency bingo so how about how about the uh, the i was looking yesterday at a study regarding the pineal gland and the magnetic properties i i was looking in connection actually with the quantum dots that they're putting in and the self-assembling nanotech but i wonder if you know someone like lisa what's your name sir sorry Patrick, Patrick, Lisa and Patrick, or people that are in touch or clairaudient or clairsentient, is it because for real, their pineal gland, and also we all have this gift, we can, we can fine tune it if we choose. Um, Clearly, people have lost the ability to discern, let alone feel thing other dimensions. But what I mean, would you would you guys agree? Like we all have a capability maybe i had a near-death experience and then after that i became had supernasal powers and became really intuitive and now realizing i'm clairaudient and uh, empath so but i, I feel <laughs> all of us can develop these these uh it's, it's it's in us humans they just are dumbing us down 100 mm-hmm. yeah. percent yeah. Something I wanted to hop in here with that's uh, going to kind of be a question talking point for the whole group wrapped in a ghost story, which is always fun, right? So there was a story I heard. Uh, it had to do with lightning, which is fascinating that it ties in. The Brandon, plasma. not to interrupt, but can you can you put your microphone up a little bit? Is it just it's, your... it's, it's, yeah, you're like, uh, his, his, his audio is like coming mostly out of the left channel and it's 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 low. It's like six to ten dBs low. How are we looking there? I want to make sure everybody hears yours. Is story. that better? Not uh, really. No. no. <laughs> okay. Hello, it's it's yeah. the input volume, but project, Brandon. Yeah. You're a musician. You can. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I promise. It's it's, it's your uh, no. It's your interface. It's this. It's too low uh, dB. Okay. It's well, all right. uh, you, you have it set up the way you do. It just doesn't work over here. It's fine. Okay. So you can't hear it. So it wouldn't matter anyway. No, we could hear you. We'll it's just, just lean into our, lean in. our headphones. Lean, everybody lean in. It's like a ghost story. Everyone lean in real there tight. Okay. Yeah, eat the mic. Yeah. So it has to do with plasma. And there was this plasma lightning event going on on this school campus where this fraternity used to dare one another to stay in this particular abandoned house that was right off campus. And it was creepy as shit, completely abandoned. Ghosts were seen there all the time. A young man decides to take them up on this. He's sleeping on a couch that's left in there. It's still fully furnished, uh, just kind of abandoned in a hurry. Uh, In a lightning storm that evening, he is laying on the couch. He sees a figure come through a wall at the top of the stairs, walk down the stairs, turn and look at him, freak out a little bit, acknowledge him, and then turn back and run up the stairs and back through the wall. 
Now, the guy was so freaked out about this, of course, he shagged ass. He got out of there. He went to the library the next day to find out some more information on the house. Turns out that the lady working in the library, the librarian, if you will, her grandfather was the one that owned that house. She said, hang on. She went and got her grandfather's diary, came back, presented it to him, flipped to a particular page of which the grandfather noted some 60 years before or something like that, that he walked down the stairs and saw a ghost laying on the couch where the couch was, I guess, always in that spot. So also on a lightning night, he noted in the diary that it was a storm. Now, what's interesting about this is it seems to be more of a time slip thing. Now, there are tons of stories like this. The Marie Antoinette one is really interesting with the uh, two teachers that went over there. They basically were walking around a palace. They walked into a particular room. They felt the room change a little bit. Both are witnesses and confirmed this. And then they said they saw Marie Antoinette standing there. She acknowledged them. They acknowledged her. So now Marie Antoinette has a ghost story of these two ladies, but it was from the future. Mm. So what's really weird about this, and it does seem to be something to do with electronic or plasma or something because there's lightning involved or an area in particular, but it seems to be that there are these time slips. And again, there's tons of stories like this. Uh, and I just thought it was fascinating. I was just wondering what you guys thought about something like that. If I could jump there, in my opinion, they're not time slips. They're the, what you call the Levy Cavita space time metric, just stretching like an elastic. You're just experiencing it differently. The same way you throw a magnet down a copper pipe and the magnet falls slower. It's not missing time. You're just experiencing it at a different pace. I could uh, be right. I had an experience. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. I was just going to say what's interesting about it is is it seems to be that it's not like a ghost or an intelligent creature or something like that that's haunting you in a poltergeist type of way. That it wasn't deliberately there. It wasn't dead. It wasn't something that it was a spirit that passed on. It was an entity in physical form that acknowledged one another from different time periods. But it presents itself like a ghost story, Hmm. which is just interesting. You could remote. You could remote view forward and backward in time too. Time is yeah. time doesn't exist. It's only relevant to the observer. We we only have the construct of time so that we know when to get up for work or when to leave work or when to pick up our kids and that kind of stuff. But time's irrelevant. So if you start playing with that, you know you can you can move forward or backward in any of that stuff. Well, I've had a, I had an experience as a teenager. Um, my aunt lived up on an Indian reservation in California. So I spent a week with her hanging out. Cool. And I had this really simple but weird dream one night. I'm out at night in the forest, kind of on a hillside. And I'm looking at the back of this old Volkswagen bus, oxidized, kind of like red, yellowish thing. And right to the left of me is this big tree. And that was just kind of like a vision. And I tripped on it all day long. It's this really strong emotion attached to it. I'm like, mm dreams what the hell's going on so later that night my cousin comes over he says hey man let's go over my place i want to show you my car all right got nothing else to do um so we went over to his house walked around the property showed me his nice little greenhouse with a bunch of little baby sprouts in it which i thought was kind of cool and he's like how oh, come on man let me show you my car and i kid you not i was standing at that exact same place mm-hmm. i'm at that exact same car and that exact same tree is standing on my left. You talk about an eye opener as a kid. Holy crap. It just showed me that what we see as reality, this five senses, small part of the spectrum is minuscule. And there's so much more to what the, this existence of consciousness, whatever you want to call it is. And I had other similar, well, other experiences, not quite like seeing anything, but deja vu to me, I go through these spurts, it's common. It's like, oh, 
another case of it. Oh, yeah, whatever. But that's the only time I've ever seen anything into the future. And can you, anybody out there enlighten me to maybe of what happened to me at that one point where I could see that and see it exact verbatim? <laughs> well, I, I can't say exactly what happened to you, but um, Lisa and I did a mushroom trip um, about, what, five, four years, five years ago, something like that. And uh, I mean, we took a lot of mushrooms. <laughs> we we tripped hard. We tripped hard. But there was a period where, well, no, it was more than a period. But uh, there was a point where um, all of a sudden I just had this clarity that her and I had done that a thousand times before, over and over and over again. Um, it's like we were in a time loop. Yeah. And, 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 and she was having a little bit of a fear problem there. Uh, at one point, and I said, Lise, just relax. And I had my arm around her. I said, I've taken care of you for thousands of years. And I know we have been through this earth experience at least a thousand times. Well, and, you know, to, to add to that point, when I was when I when I was in a certain part of the journey, we were outside and Patrick and, and another guy that we were with were standing by a tree. I literally look like it looked like I was on the hollow deck. I literally saw the walls be created in the forest of what I was creating as my perception of my reality of where I was. So really it's it it was, you know, again, it goes back to time really doesn't exist. So you had the experience, but then time caught up with you. So you just replayed the experience. Is how, I, is how I is how I see it. Start digging into the theory that uh, the universe is all um, a simulation, that we are just living in technology. We're technological entities living in technology, and it, 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 it's really trippy. And I've been hearing uh, it's, it's such a mind fuck, but it's so fun to think about it, but I swear it's true. We're, we're just technological beings. We're computer programs. And I've seen my dog walk by as code. And mm -hmm. um, it, it's, 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 it's a crazy trip, man. Sounds like it. Well, this <laughs> universe is crazy. Indeed. Much more to it than what we can perceive. Yeah. Thank God. Right. <laughs> yeah, it makes it more fun. <laughs> Even to get more trippier than that, there was um, uh, there's some stables called Serendipity Stables that I um, that I go out to. They're in um, um, New York Center, Ohio, and um, I used to go out there all the time. This was before I met Patrick, and I was out there one morning. We had fed the horses, and she went back into the house. It's like six a.m. It's just you know the sun's just starting to come up, and I look up, and I thought there was an earthquake because the entire barn turned in was like shaking and i thought holy fuck i'm about to die like the barn's about to cave in on me and i don't care how many times i blinked my eyes all i could see was the molecules of the barn literally like what you see on the holodeck where things run up and things run this way and things run this way and then right i literally saw that with my physical eyes it's not the only time i've seen it I've actually seen it. We live on the golf course and I've been out back with my dogs and I looked up and I literally saw the grid. I saw the grid running and I was like, what the, you know, you only see it for just a split second. They just show you for a, a, a sec, right? 
but it's like, so yeah, I mean, it is, it's, and then you just want to be 3D again. You just want to just, you just want to, <laughs> you know, you just want to pet your dog. You just want to eat your hamburger. You just, you know, you don't want to like, but then how do you, you know, you can't unsee what you've seen and you can't unhear what you've heard. So be careful what you go looking for and be careful what you listen to. That's why I'm very cautious about dwelling too deep into the occult. Because yeah. unless you know what you're doing, you're prepared and you know where you're going, you can get in a lot of trouble real quick. And that trouble can follow you for the rest of your life and according to some, the rest of eternity. But yeah. Well, let's let's zoom let's zoom out right because I agree with you, Nature Boy. Uh, that's well said. But I would object and say that our society inherently has occult aspects to it that you cannot avoid uh, mm -hmm. throughout your your upbringing. You're alchemically or uh, occult entrained through a process, and. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say I know who's to blame for that, but it seems like a mechanism of society. And I wonder if our American culture has a specific purpose behind an event like Halloween, right? In training of this, uh, well, we'll call it a pagan holiday mixed with some European cultures, mixed with some colonial ideas, and the things, how it evolved to become what it is now, sort of commercialized to the umph degree. But you have these elements that are very primitive in the sense that everybody's costumed, right? Mask wearing goes back to ancient times. So I'm wondering, uh, this is a question for anybody in the chat, uh, why do you think that is? What is the purpose of entraining well, people with this every October 30th? Is there a timestamp on the popularization of Halloween in conjunction with the emergence of it like Havistock? I think it would have been around that same time, the 60s and 70s, when you see it becoming a part of American culture. Because in the 50s, you have this sort of Protestant idea that anything Catholic is bad. And you keep in mind, Halloween is a Catholic holiday in some sense. It was brought here into America, at least by Catholic groups. So, you know, you have the Italians, the Irish, you know, there's some pagan elements to their cultures. And then you have this more traditional Protestant element of, you know, the American, classic American, the original settlers who left Britain because of their uh, disputes with the king and their idea of, of becoming Protestants, those folks have a very superstitious idea towards Halloween. That would have been the, the keeping up with the Jones mentality of the 50s. That was a very Protestant idea. And then you see in the 60s and 70s, this dissolution of that traditional conservatism uh, into a, a skew of many different offshoots. And one of the, those flavors is the spookification of Halloween, in a sense. And I don't mean that term derogatory. I mean spooky uh, and making things like the dead, which are traditionally from a conservative mindset, uh, you know, not something to be promoted. Now we're promoting it. We're dressing up like the dead, uh, there are many cultures that honor the dead. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but they don't seem to advertise that as the purpose of Halloween. The purpose of Halloween nowadays is to dress up, eat candy, and and just be jolly, right? Honestly, I I think it's kind of like what happened with Christmas. Like Christmas became like a commercial thing, so so retail stores have to like 
plan the season to have stuff ready for Christmas. And I think like media, like horror movies, even like music, there's like spooky songs. Like if you listen to like Spotify playlists, you'll be like, all right. Oh yeah. That's like a, a Halloween song. And then for like a musician, it's be like, oh, let's write a Halloween song and play it around Halloween. So I think like with the more media that we have, like people are taking selfies and their costumes and dressing up their kids and the more Not all social media and media, it's just going to, it's like, it's going to just keep growing and, and right. it's all calendar stuff because even like everybody's on the yearly cycle and it's really a commercial cycle. Like, all right, we got to get this done by Christmas, sell it all in Christmas. And then new, like, so Halloween is like a stepping stone in like the annual commercial thing. And that's probably not like a spooky paranormal answer to right, it, but I think that's what's going on. Yeah. But the calendar and the, and the commercialization, all that, that is a later add on. If you want to take a look at how this stuff, it's roots. Uh, came up it's about the life cycle around you you know because this is the time of harvest this is the time when everything is going to go to sleep or die all around you depending on where you are so if you take a look at the cultural reaction okay to the actual life cycle surrounding the culture this is why at this time of year you're looking at things that are dying you're looking at things that are going to sleep you're looking at things that are slowing down and, and this is not, uh, I'm, I'm not doing this from the, you know, woo-hoo, this is my feeling. I'm saying that it, just studying the, uh, the anthropology, this is where you come at it from. You look at the other side of the uh, planet, okay, and uh, their, their life cycle is a little different. And they have different things that trigger at that time, different collective activities that have risen up. Pretty simple. That's where it comes from. Now, all these things that came, you know, the symbols that are used, and I like what he brought up about American culture, steeped in all sorts of uh, 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 symbolism, let's call it, uh, everywhere you look, sure, you're constantly participating in rituals, exchanges, even the use of money is the exchange of energy, okay? Uh, and, and there's nobody that whether you're doing it digitally or, you know, you're one of those uh, cavemen that's carrying around cash, uh, you know, one way or another, <laughs> right? Uh, you're exchanging energy. And when you take a look at the symbols that are all just all around all this stuff, yeah, of course, the culture is going to be steeped in it. Now, when it comes to Halloween, again, it's not just about Samhain. It's not just about uh, the particulars of the European interpretation. But take a look at all of the cultures, especially the one if you want to look at this plot of land. Go look at the, uh, the cultures that preceded, you know, all of us here. Uh, and, and they had different rituals that occurred at different times of year because they honored and understood that there were different things going on in the life cycles of the creatures, the plants, the earth changes, the colors change. It's all easily observable. These things are triggered not just by, you know, the Hallmark holiday industry and uh, a need for the uh, Black Friday sale and the new Cyber Monday. It's, it's about that first. They have figured out a way to twist that into something else and even the masking of the faces and all that stuff, there's different reasons for it in different cultures. And if you take a look at all the other parallels, I mean, Halloween's a, a joke, pretty much. Uh, but you take a look at All Saints Day, which is about the, what is that, November 1st, I guess, on your on that thing you're, you call a calendar, which, again, is an artificial reckoning with what? The cycle of the sun, which is never quite exactly accurate when it comes to the sun, right? But anyway, that's another issue. Um, 
you know, the point is that these things have a root that go well beyond, well, well before that. And it's not just about, well, I mean, before the Freemasons, you know, everybody. Well, and can, I, can I just say uh, Gina Mondini, Ezio Gagliardi and Jer Riviere, all PhDs, scientifically substantiating in, in peer reviewed literature, what, what our friend Blind has just been saying here. Wow. Are they friends of yours, Dave? No, okay. Maybe they will be soon. I don't know. I want to ask. I want to ask Blind. What do you think about the the practice of giving candy out? Because you know, it seems like candy is a very recent invention. It kind of comes out of the industrial revolution. You have like this Willy Wonka idea of these wild, you know, factory owners brewing these crazy concoctions, these sugary treats that really just help dentists, uh, you know, maintain their customer base. But uh, is there an occult sort of ideation behind the, the candy? What do you think of that? Uh, yeah, of course there is. Um, and what it is, is that it's an offering to the, uh, the, the pseudo representation of the spirit, which is coming around, you know, the spooky mask, the ghosts, the old standbys, that, that old classic Halloween trope. Well, it, you're giving an offering to the spirit to have it go away. Hmm. That, Sugar's the yeah. white devil. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, uh, by the way, blind, I, I, I keep forgetting. Yeah, that's the way my screen name will come up here on Zoom. Sorry about that. Uh, my name's Chuck, and uh, it's easier if I hear that. Nice uh, to meet you, although I am damn near blind. But um, <laughs> legally, you are so. <laughs> legally, yes. <laughs> by law, sir, under Eternal Revenue Code, yes. Uh, but uh, I have very little eyesight. But, um, but I can see a great deal. Um, the point is that uh, there, there is a, yeah, there, there's an aspect to that where that's part of it. That's part of how that, you know, tradition comes about. And then, of course, there's your, your Wikipedia style explanations regarding, you know, well, this became a ritual because they started handing out cakes in certain places to uh, people so that they wouldn't do things like the destructive stuff, like on Devil's Night or Hell Night or, you know, the night before Halloween, uh, Mischief Night, they used to call it when I was a kid up in Jersey, um, you know, which again, is about this psychic release, which is about this. And this is, again, not the judgmental end of it, but there was a psychic release that would take place at the time of harvest because all of that hard work would come about. And here is your first time to rest and to let go of all of the other things. This also has something to do with when, when debts were settled, which uh, nobody ever thinks of when they think about Halloween, but when debts used to be settled among certain cultures. I also love the way you brought up that... Uh, uh, of course, the Italians are super superstitious, and especially if they're Southern Italians like uh, Sicilians, like uh, like my cultural end, uh, kind of close to Africa we are there, Sicily, you know, my ancestors. Uh, so, yeah, some of those things, including, quite frankly, I'm, I'm wearing a horn around my neck, um, kind of something adopted from voodoo, actually. But you, you see those Italian horns and people think of them as, you know, just a sort of like, uh, I don't know, uh, Guido Fabulous dress. But um, anyway, there, there's a meaning behind that. <laughs> uh, back to it, though. The, the, it's the offering to the spirit. It's the offering to the psychic release that is taking place, uh, uh, so to speak. I mean, I'm giving you the shortest hand answer I can to that, but that's what it is. Um, that's what it's meant to do. And now the participation of the, you know, the great corporate masters who are also participating in a ritualization of things that goes well beyond the profit motive. They want you to consume certain things so that it does become a part of you. And yes, indeed, they design these things not only to be attractive, but guess what? To have ritualistic purpose. So yeah, you yeah, should be I, careful. I fully agree. Like the 
when I was saying the calendar, I wasn't saying, oh, it's just the stupid calendar. Like the calendar is everything. Like the, the, the quality of the sunlight and the temperature affects our bodies. It affects nature. It affects uh, the harvest and it is a harvest um, celebration. So I just want to like clarify that I do think that like the veil is thinner around this time. And I do think our bodies and our minds start to go kind of downward at this time of the year. And then, you know, Christmas season is when we're like holiday party, like let's drink alcohol. Let's, let's party. Let's put Christmas lights up. But this pre Christmas period really is like, you know, I, I physically feel like more tired and I just feel it coming. And then all of a sudden the skeletons are just on every, Every block. So well, it's I, I was just saying that fairly good friend the commercial aspect yeah. like was really evident to me this year because I play in a band and we were we're like treating it like a business. Like we have to be here on Saturday. We have to do this on Sunday. And it really just revealed like this whole industry is, I mean, every industry kind of runs on a calendar, even just agriculture. So of course it does. this is that well, too. I'll back you up, Ben. You, you yeah. sent me a calendar. So Dan loves calendars so much. He oh, wow. Yeah, right on. So he's the guy to ask about calendars. Is he naked on those calendars? Calendars are a funny no. thing. I, I made that illusion. I wasn't trying to judge you, you pointing out the calendar. It's just I made that illusion because a, a very uh, intelligent friend of mine is uh, uh, fond of saying, that the calendar, the thing you call a calendar, is basically just the Pope's work schedule, uh, which it is. And uh, bottom line is that uh, the calendar is not the relevant thing here. It is the cycle of life which takes place and the way that we go through the different seasons. That's that's what's relevant. But the calendar is what everybody adheres to. Of course, all business is done based on the orders of things which are set forth on the Pope's work schedule. Of course it is. Well, we're, we're sort of mixing uh, cultures too, right? Because in the North, there's a, a more seasonal schedule of having to abide by that winter season. But a lot of our Hebraic cultures or the, the uh, you know, Hebrew and the Christian cultures come from a place where that doesn't really make much of a difference, right? A more of an equatorial culture. So it's interesting to see, you know, we're celebrating uh, at a time when, yes, you should in the North be resting. Uh, maybe that has something to do with the fact that, you know, some of our traditions come from places where there is no winter uh, at that time of the year. There's just a dry and a wet season. Wasn't Halloween in May at one point? It's yes. news to me. Gordon's shaking his head. Yes. Hello, Gordon. Welcome to the show. I just oh, heard that today. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a Saints Festival, an Irish Saints Festival in the middle of May. Uh and it used to be like a you know, one of these let's let's eat eat loads of stuff and fuck very young girls uh <laughs> while well, it's still warm because you can't really do that in October. Because like, you know, it's mixed didn't, didn't the kids used to run around and like throw rocks at the elderly too? We should bring that back. It wasn't. I thought it was. I thought it was like a not so great day in Ireland when it first kind of started. Like all the all the festivals that you all have in America are basically just like an amalgam of all the immigrants, and it was just like I'll just <laughs> fucking let them do it, or they'll just start getting really mad and cranky. You know? just, just like Christmas was a Saturnalian holiday in uh, in uh, in Rome, right? 
Uh, well, I mean, so. <laughs> that's the, traditionally, but the American Christmas that you have is a mix of, uh, like, really, it comes from like Dutch settlers in New York, in like the Northeast, you know? That's oh, what yeah. Christmas is. Like, they wouldn't have Christmas, Christmas. There was no presents, there was no tree. Um, like, the tree comes from like Queen Victoria. So it's like English, uh, 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 you know, immigrants to the colonies that brought over that, you know, let's hang the red things on the trees and people are like you know, <laughs> that mushroom hat guy on joe rogan is like it's the mushrooms and you eat it in santa claus and you could you know but it's all of these mixed up traditions that were um uh, from the council of nicaea when uh mm, Const wow. constantine came together and went right how do we get all of these f fucking pagan dirty pig fuckers yep. to just like do as they're told and abide by our laws when we want them to celebrate our things I let them keep their own, like, you know, their own pig fuck parties, and we'll just name them something else, and we'll change yeah. our calendar. Like they're changing the Gregorian and Julian calendar. Like that shit only changed in the 16th century, and it took really 300 years to change over. Like most countries in Europe, like Russia, only changed over after the revolution in in like 1918. Uh, you know, like mo mostly like Germany and France now weren't even countries until the, the, the 1700s. You know, so like they didn't have a. a a unified calendar so when you talk about halloween as a calendar like really and i don't mean to take all the credit lads really like halloween <laughs> is a, an irish an irish festival of Samhain. um that's basically what it is they just need the irish to have a small holiday from all the work and the wind and the rain and the fucking wet and the damp and the misery and the sorrow and they just needed to fucking you know get in have a nice meal grab one of the you know good looking chubby ones Give her the shots and fucking have a shots. Yeah, give her a pump and fucking have a sandwich and like be like, right, come on, let's go and kick rocks again for the next six weeks until we have another festival. So it seems to be every like six weeks or so we have a festival in the winter time. So you have August, uh, end of October, Christmas, uh, start of February, middle of March, and then May. And then you're into the summer and it's like, well, again, <laughs> the boots are off, you know. This is you indicative know? of when your holiday was set based on mode of travel, right? Well. So if they're all like six weeks apart, it's because, you know, it took a while to get there and everybody had to get to the gathering spot and you had to set up and make sure you're good at home. And then now as we, we've gone forward, if you look at a calendar, there's something you can celebrate every single day. Should There's it, should a holiday have, for they, every single day. They have whole months now. I was very confused there at the start of October. Because yeah, less travel uh, every, time. That's why. But everything on, everything on Amazon was Black History thing, Black History this. And I was like, is that shit on in February? Do they get two months now? What's going on? And, then no, like, and Juneteenth. And so, Juneteenth. Jeez, they're all over the calendar, lads. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just like trying to fit it. They're colonizing the Julian calendar. It's like a reverse thing. Nobody saw yeah. coming. Uh, yeah. When it comes and when it comes to giving Irish six weeks to do something, I mean, you got to allow them time for at least two funerals, which uh, take. <laughs> it's, <laughs> the hango it's the hangover. It's the three weeks of like, oh Jesus, what did we do? And then yeah, the three weeks only, to look forward to doing it again. That's what but it, it is. You know? Yeah, but it's only two Irish funerals because uh, again, my my grandparents are immigrants from Ireland and Italy, so yeah, uh, only you two. Get the Irish worst funerals. of both. Yes, well done. yes, sir. I I have a question. Has do anybody does anybody have comments on the the Korean stampede. Does anyone think it was a ritual? Would you really think 150 people were crushed? I had, had no idea the who were back together. To be <laughs> perfectly honest, I was 
taken by <clears> surprise South by Korea or North Korea? I saw the videos. I was like, shit, do we miss Black Friday? And they South even Korea. It <laughs> South Korea. They even compared it to Travis Scott that I've renamed Travis Scott in hiding. It's a Travis Scott, Travis Scott. His real name is Jacques. <laughs> Let's just establish that. So anyone, anyone else heard or think that it was maybe a ritual and some testing of the jab and uh, the nanotech uh, and the 5G or my crazy? That was my suspicion. And I wanted to ask your opinion. So I don't, I don't know what anyone thinks. Like, well, there were, where I there were from. a couple of pretty significant, like high level uh, U.S. government and oligarchs in South Korea over the last four to five months. There's been significant pressure on South Korea to do what uh, the WEF wants it to do in terms of chip manufacturing, in terms of exporting uh, incredibly fast wireless technology. Uh, South Korea has been fairly reluctant to fall in line because one, they felt like they were incredibly disrespected by Donald Trump, and two, they think Joe Biden is a poopy pants demented moron. <laughs> And I mean, really tough to argue that. Um, so if you wanted to, if you wanted to let your mind wander, you could, you could easily land on retaliation. If you, you can, you if you wanted to commit a thought crime, you mean? You know, yeah. or let's say an exercise. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. I, I meant thinking about that there's something else going on because I don't buy you you can see in the footage like a row of people just it's exactly with with Travis Scott you're going to tell me that 11 simultaneous hearts pop off like that's normal that's that is when, yeah, when i heard that that there were massive amounts of heart attacks there i was like the is, same that, is time. that is that normal for a stampede um but i don't know a lot about this what was the catalyst for the stampede? Could you tell everyone? It's a Halloween. It was, I, I Well, were they not, running for candy or were they running because of a costume contest? It like, was the first time that they were celebrating Halloween in three years. So oh. I guess they were, it, it was touted as like celebrate. And, and what I found interesting is there are a lot of international people that died, not so much South Koreans, but they were. And then the news yesterday was literally comparing it to Travis Scott and saying, should we be worried here? Should we be worried here at, in festivities? And, and they blamed it on the narrow um, alleyways. And that's what's ca caused the, uh, the simultaneous crushing. Maybe there's just no uh, phrase in the Korean language for trunk or treat. Uh, I don't know. Well, I think, you know, it, it could be, I mean, I don't know the demographic of the group age-wise. Young, young, 20s yeah, and 30s, well, I mean, actually. Think about the attention span of, of you know, yes. children and these younger generations. I'm sure it's not just in the United States, but there's this, like, again, this occult processing that has taken place. And over the past 15 years, that boy band Elvis energy kind of phenomena has become process they've they've boiled it down to a science where now with these tiktok algorithms they're able to generate all this fascination all this young energy for one person and then this capitalist whoever it is you know whatever side of the equation they're on they're making money from 
all of the revenue that comes from promoting this social media influencer, right? So you have these people, I'm sure, uh, with that same energy. I don't know the specifics with this Halloween thing, but it just seems like, specifically with the Travis Scott thing, that it's 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 just indicative of this generation of of people who are very me, me, me focused on themselves. You know, chaotic, not really grounded. You know, music festivals, I've never really been to one, well, but I heard they used to be a lot more uh, communal and, and enjoyable, not people crushing each other and fighting. Well, Travis Scott, uh, if you look at the, the the fact that we're all fenced in, the frequencies that we're playing, the fact that they were vaccinated, the the fact that there was no cash, it was a, they, it literally you could have, it said on the FAQ, you couldn't have any cash or credit. It was the first like cashless credit, uh, you had to just do it with, with, uh, with credit. It was a social credit score. So I, I don't believe that it was a, a crushing. I, I believe that it was frequencies and nanotech parlaying with the jab. And I know that sounds crazy, but I think it was an at, experiment. At the Travis Scott concert, was there not like a giant head of him, and it was saying like "Welcome to Hell"? Yes, and it was like. Pictures of like blue people falling off. See the you on the other and, side. Yeah. See, See you on the other, on the other side, side. That image of that uh, mouth, mouth or whatever is a uh, Hieronymus Bosch. That yeah. Um, yeah, crazy awesome painter or whatever. But it's really really creepy. Yeah, yeah. They 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 also forbid anyone from bringing vitamins. It literally says it on the FAQ. You could hear it read in my st story that you were not allowed to bring. You could bring OTC if you want to bring your Advil, but I've never read an event where they make an effort to say you can't bring your vitamin C. What? That's probably going to be you know to stop sale of illegal drugs where you're like with the vitamin C tablets and they're like MDMA Maybe. and they're like I oh, know it's vitamin C. Doesn't, doesn't vitamin C keep your ecstasy roll going harder? Yeah, I was about to say vitamin C is Maybe. good. For that. Yeah. It doesn't. Oh, it doesn't juice. say vitamin C. Juice. It just says no vitamins. No, no vitamins. Mm. I, I, I would say to um, Mark, there, it's not just this generation. Like, think about Woodstock '99. There's a, there's a certain maybe like a shit test or like a, 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 a pulse taking of. There was the Great White concert. Mm -hmm. There was uh, there were a couple of different you know fire stampedes sacrifices. Well, I guess is you know ultimately. But, well, yeah. I'll admit, um, Las Vegas, my generation. at the actual Harvest Festival. Yeah, where we just yeah. cruised by five years on that anniversary. And and yet, what about twenty years worth of Ozfests? And uh, I, I don't recall any stampede deaths during that. You know, even though he's supposed to be uh, the satanic uh, dark prince, right? Well, people on meth can move faster. Yes, a That's little true. bit more used to scampering. That's true, but uh, That's a, yeah, like the yeah. a little bit more agile. Having know, gone to those crazy. shows, though, it yeah. was more more cannabis than uh, meth present but you know steve it's, it's, steve if meth was the cause here then every single buck cherry fan would be dead okay you I don't are think, you are correct you are I, correct that's that's accurate it yeah. could be just a bunch of sads deaths i mean coincidentally i mean people young people are dropping dead all over the place if they're really excited they're not used to they don't have like they're not used to doing that kind of uh you think it was a, aerobic it, activity i think there's an overexertion frequencies they're i think they're fucking with with i just think about it 11 simultaneous heart attacks have you ever heard of any event where oh look all everyone's having a heart attack well, was it were they all at the same time or was yes. it just 11 and 11 in the no. end ended up simultaneous you, i could send you the daily well, mail yesterday i saw a video that was showing graphene being 
like with like a speaker in front of it and the, the frequencies yes, exactly. were like it was it's like black flubber kind of exactly and i was like oh that reminds me of this travis scott because at the travis scott yeah, show I, like before it happened the music was like like not music but i guess like hip-hop or whatever the hell the kids think they're like oh this is sick but it was like dark like disorienting music and then uh people started dropping you know <clears throat> the the graphene in my article i'm very detailed on the studies and the like the science it's not like just conspiratorial as to the fact that the graphene has um a sensitivity to adrenaline receptors and atres at um, tyrosine, sorry, receptors. And these frequencies, like you just said, it's Tesla phoraces. I think that they're, they're, uh, it was an experiment. The cymatics of death. Since, like that. since we're talking about death, I don't want to change subjects too much, but since I got everyone here, I have to ask this question. Um, there's been a lot of, uh, I've heard chatter about uh, going to the light and how going to the light when you die is a trap. Yes. And that uh, there, I, I listened to some astrologers, and, and one astrologer is saying she she is like uh, she believes it's a trap, and that when you go there, you talk to these entities, and then they just send you back to this realm where you're condemned to repeat this uh, reincarnation cycle for all eternity. It's what are people's opinions? Wipe. It's the mind wipe. I I've done digs on like the light at the end of the tunnel in 2020 trump was saying this in his speeches light at the end of the tunnel and then i'm like what's with the light at the end of the tunnel and saw this whole other side of it's how they trap you to mind wipe you and get you back and what if you didn't follow the light this time around and come back i definitely don't want to be a jabbed baby i don't want to come back and be jabbed well, but does anybody but know if the thing? people that have NDE and come back with supernatural powers or, or abilities, did they yes. not follow the light then? Or did they go to the light and come back with those powers? I didn't have I died like and one and a half times and I didn't see a light uh, at all. I don't I don't think I have any superpowers, but there was no no direct there was no like light experience. Closest thing I've actually got to anything like meeting entities that wanted me to go back somewhere was on less than uh less than stellar lsd and a little bit too much of it does uh does lisa or patrick have a comment on the going to the light versus not going to the light it's controversial because really you have like one decision to make when you die and i don't want to make the wrong one so patrick's had an nde and he did see the light yeah I did. I got caught in a riptide in uh, Yatter Banks and saw the light. Um, and it, it, my story is not very dramatic, but uh, um, I was married to my first wife at the time. And when I was having this experience, I thought of her and I said, I'm not going back for her. And But then I thought of my son, who was, uh, I think, eight years old at the time. And uh, I said, yeah, I have to go back for him. And then at that point, I found myself on top of the waves and swimming and crushing pain in my chest and all that kind of stuff. So I did see the light then. Well, if you weren't going to go back for her, I guess it's good that you're not with her anymore. <laughs> she Very her. I, I, Mike, I've actually not heard that, that the light is a trap. And that's in, in all the years I've been doing this, that's never been my experience. Yeah, so I, I don't 
I follow. Yeah, it's it's a a little, I guess, a little controversial. I I think that idea comes from Gnosticism. You know, it it might find ancient roots there, and it's been promoted on the internet in every shape and form. But I think that idea initially comes from a Gnostic sort of view of the world and how we're we're, you know, sort of trapped in a false reality by a false god. And there's a there's a real creator on the outside somehow who you know is ordaining all this, but. Yeah, I think there are a number of cultures, uh, the Tibetans, the Egyptians, the Aztecs, who had a science of what happens after you die. The Tibetans called it the, the stages of bardo, and uh, at least in some of the theosophical interpretations of it, they've kind of uh, made their way into what we now think of as the New Age ideal of reincarnation and whatnot. But they're very real. You yourself patrick have had a a near-death experience and so have i yeah yeah, well so i i think you know it's it's one of those catch-22 things where you you can only you know experience it fully to find out yeah that's that so like in the description of this universe it being like a simulation you die your hard drive goes to the it center and then they decide to wipe it and then put you back in circulation so your hard drive's fresh and clear. You don't have any memories per se. Most people don't. And then you continue on, on with that process. Like I'm saying, when I die and my hard drive gets gets to that evaluation stage, can I just go, nah, I'm not coming back. I want to continue on and get out of this simulation recycle trap to see what else is out there. I want to go, I want to go someplace else. Like, I don't know how many. Uh, decisions I really have at that point or how with it I will be at that stage and I don't want to make the the bad decision or even if I have a choice at that point. So if anyone wants a really uh, interesting, um, it's actually called Not Quite Science. It's done by a dude named Cash Peters, I believe. He does, uh, I don't want to call them channelings, but reflections on the process of approaching the light at the end of life through his visions of celebrity figures. So he's done like Jimmy Savile who went through like a tunnel of knives to then be broken down to nothing to then enter the light, to come back and reincarnate, to learn the lessons of how deranged and sick he was. Simultaneously, Jesus Christ is another figure and what he did, he didn't go into the light, he went up. And Cash Peters is the dude who was the guy who was uh, doing these this work and he was, wasn't able to follow it past a certain point. So the idea that it's entirely your choice, maybe if you've learned everything you're supposed to learn, it is. That's what I was going to say. You got to be working on it every every cycle around until you get to a certain point. Yeah. I'm pretty lazy, so I don't know. <laughs> well, here's an interesting story. Um, Lisa and I are actually um, certified hypnotists, and we specialize in um, past life regression. And I don't know if any of it's real or not. I can't say. But... Um, we hypnotized a friend of ours. He was in his mid seventies at the time. And, um, at the end of his, and he was a very, he's a very angelic kind of a person, very psychically connected and, and very humble and, and uh, spiritual person. And at the end of his hypnosis, um, he's talking not as him, but kind of as an, his soul entity. And, um, so I asked, I'll just say this name, this guy's name was Greg. It wasn't really, but uh, I, I said at the end of his session, I said to this entity, his higher self talking, I said, 
how many lives has Greg had on earth? And he said, 100, and this will be his last. And I said, how many lives has he had in the universe? And he got this big smile on his face and he just went, billions. So take that for whatever you want to draw from it. But yeah. I, so, uh, can I interject on that notion? It, that's in essence, you can look at uh, anthroposophy and like Steiner's work and the notion of yeah. reincarnation going from the perspective of different consciousness realms that overlap with one another, being the mineral, the animal kingdom, uh, plant life, and then ourselves. And the idea being that each of those other realms are all existent within us. So it's the culmination of life that then creates that outward spiral towards the greater ascension within us all. But it is ultimately, so far as I'm aware, contingent on um, you're actually deciding to, I don't know if it's called transurfing, or, but move in that direction in a positive, beneficial way, not simply for yourself, but so too for everyone else. I, I'm sorry. Sorry, I just real quick, I found my deleted tweet. Um, for those who can entertain such wild possibilities, the belief is there's also a cosmic matrix full of false light constructs. Each programmed mind perceives reality through the filters of their beliefs and therefore places an overlay of illusions of false light over the truth. When one leaves their mortal coil, they're arguably disoriented. They may encounter a tunnel that leads to a light where they're greeted with angels, loved ones. Gnostics claim it's an it's an advert for an alien venture. Never enter the light, go anywhere but. So this is just a dig. It's not necessarily my beliefs. Um, so the light of... I don't know. I, I'm, I'd be scared to do that because if you just run from the light, you might be you might become a ghost, maybe. Yeah. How do we know, know. that? Patrick Swayze. Right? <laughs> well, we just don't know. <clears throat> all, all this is kind of considering that we're just one person, one soul, one person at one time. And uh, from our experience with, with our journeys is that the soul is living just countless lives, if you will, or experiences at the same time, because time it doesn't really exist, you know, it's just a 3D construct. So every life, every moment, every experience our soul has ever had, ever will have, is all happening right now. It's not just one life, one incarnation, one earth at a time. It's infinite. One thing that came came to mind too is I talked to this guy who does like African kind of magic. And he was saying that they think if you are not a very good person, you become a ghost, like a hungry ghost. And if if you're a good person or whatever, the, the place you go to is just considered like the ancestor realm. And then you end up kind of like recycling and reincarnating and doing doing that. But that's from like a really old school African worldview. But they were he was saying like if you're rather than going to hell, you'd be you would just be kind of like wandering around like a hungry ghost. And that might be what people think of as like demons who are just trying to like kind of get your loose or or like feed off of little things because they're just like stuck here, kind of feeding off of us rather than i don't know going to the light or to the ancestors or whatever what it's, do you think it's the spiritual homeless is that your would you agree with with cosmic keys so for me for me and how i believe now earth is hell i mean it's a hell is a state of mind 
Right? Mm-hmm. Hell, hell is a state of mind. If, if you choose it to be hell. If you choose it to be hell. Have, but, know? <laughs> you know, it's from, from everything that I have experienced, I have encountered stuck souls and I have encountered souls that have just gone like rubber bands and they're jumping on trampolines because they're so excited to be free of the body and in that light. Um, stuck souls are people that I've experienced where a lot of times it's um, suicides. You know, they die and they don't realize they're dead and they're confused, you know, just like a Patrick Swayze. I'm not going to leave until I know my loved ones are okay. I mean, there's a whole, has a whole nother show and a whole nother conversation. But um, I believe that our state of mind and the perception that we live in um, moves us into that state of, have I done what my soul's journey was here to do? Listen, I've had experiences when I, I've been hypnotized at least 30 times. And then the guy who was doing them passed away. But um, one of them, I demanded to see my chart that I I planned out the life I planned because I thought that's pretty damn fucked up. I would not have asked for these things to happen. And I was taken back to my pre-planning stages. Do you mean the Akashic Records? Where are you being taken? I have been to my own and they only let me see up until the point I was at that time. I was 42 and a half years old. They would not let me look beyond that 42 and a half page. I was allowed to see everything else and I was in the understanding um, of all of these things that I as a soul, there's benchmarks of things that are going to happen that your soul has deemed these are things I want to happen because I need to grow from it, right? Um, Usually very difficult things, right? You know, the greatest growth is in the difficult pain, right? Right. So that's been my experience. And even as I've been doing this work with just hundreds and hundreds of people, it is incredibly rare that I find someone that is stuck or lost. Um, I I do encounter demonic energies. I, you know, just like we talked about when we first started this show. Yeah, they're out there. It's, it's, this shit's real where there's light, there's dark, where there's up, there's down. So it just depends on what are you looking for? What are your intentions and what, what playground are you playing in? So would you think, I had recently uh, an Akashic reading, and even though I've been on a spiritual journey and knew of Edgar Cayce and read his work, and and she told me that I was one of the first people to troubleshoot how to put a a spirit, a soul inside a body, which kind of dovetailed into me just exploring this whole idea of simulation and going back to the light or not. So is that, and I had never heard that, although it's very Westworld and makes, mm-hmm. you know, makes, makes sense. I'm curious what, what your. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, 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 are it's, on it's that. absolutely possible because there was a beginning of something, right? There's a beginning of everything. Um, or what is there? Or, or, or is, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the creator really created him. I mean, like, you know, you think about the matrix, right? Like, you know, where is the beginning? Um, I can only express it from the experiences that I myself have had through my own past life regressions and through the experiences that I have on a daily basis with working with people who have lost loved ones and what those loved ones show me that experience is like. Have you guys ever seen the movie, uh, What Dreams May Come? Um Honestly, that is like, that is probably the greatest depiction of someone being tuned into what hell is like, because it's a state of mind versus what heaven is like. Well, I think it also kind of comes from your beliefs too. Yeah, you, yeah. Like your your reality is created from your belief. So uh, Lisa was born uh, Baptist. A, a Baptist, raised a Baptist. I was born and raised a Catholic. 
Um, and so her path now is very heart centered, uh, very, um, very spiritual, uh, very angelic. She deals with the, with the angelic realms quite a bit. And me, I'm a little more geared toward the negative side of things. Um, I've done a lot of uh, studying and reading about physics and theoretical physics and science and Eastern philosophy and Western philosophy and um, uh, hermetic philosophy. And, and now I'm kind of, uh, my mind is spinning for the past couple of years about this simulation uh, theory and, and are, are we pieces of technology, living in technology, you know, a program written within a program, within a program, within a program, it just never ends. And now that I've latched onto that, kind of my thoughts and my realities are reflecting my beliefs, just like Lisa's talking about, um, you know, way she feels about, uh, uh, you know, death and dying and all that kind of, her experiences or the, the experiences she's bringing to herself reinforce that belief. My experiences reinforce my belief, which are maybe similar in some areas, but other it's contradictory. So, you know, seven and a half billion people on the planet. Is there one truth? I really doubt it. It's, it's all what we create. Yeah. So you think you, you're saying what we create. I mean, if we're a simulation within a simulation, is it, is it just, some people only see one um, aspect or dimension. I mean, it's either that or it's it's not. Um, if many, I feel that a lot of people are coming to this simulation uh, chapter in their lives, let's say, independently, and many of us are finding one another. I don't think it was so vibrant, um, maybe I don't know. I, I feel like it's an it's an emergence. I'm not saying it's a new concept. That I wonder if you guys would agree or well, disagree. It, it could be that archetypal, like the archetypal energy, or you know how we all we all dream certain dreams, but and they mean the same thing, no matter if it's we're here or China, who you know, people all over the, the world, they tap into that archetypal energy. So maybe uh people are coming to this simulation idea you know they're tapping into an archetypal energy that's out there somewhere seemingly beyond us you know it's spirit is it spirit hundredth monkey what is that you know right also when you talk patrick of like you have more of an inclination for negative what it reminds me of is like the queen bee it takes 16 days for her to be born and she's like ethereal and uh Yet the the drone it takes twenty four days and they're just denser. The worker bees twenty one days, so it's just it would make sense. You're maybe more dense that you can um, hang out easier because not everyone is light and can go up to these other angelic realms. Like that, that's just the way I see it. Not necessarily like negative or yeah, positive. Right, exactly. I mean, it, like Lisa said earlier, the, the universe is an equal balance. It has to be an equal balance of positive and negative or else it couldn't exist. It would annihilate itself. You know, it just can't exist. So, but her antenna is just wired towards, uh, you know, Gaia, archangels and that kind of thing. And, and like when we would do house clearings, I'd be the first one in the basement and she couldn't go into the basement until I went down and, and sure. checked it out and, maybe set up space where she could come in and, and handle the energy. Yeah. Cause she's probably too sensitive. Yeah. I'd be the same. It's interesting that they 
lurk in the in the basements. When I was growing up, I would always look over my shoulder and run up the the stairs. Only later did I find out that uh, the woman it was a couple and she died in the in the bedroom. And that's maybe what I felt that she never left. And maybe that's what happens to spirits. They get, uh, they don't have the ritual to release them. And then they just kind of stuck um, and don't find their way out. I, I don't know, but it seems like they lurk in basements, maybe attics too. I'm not sure. Well, guys, do you want to uh, start winding things down? Charlie, what do you say? We start uh, winding things down and promoting Let's people's websites and podcasts. Let's do it. Let's start with uh, one of my favorite people in the world, Gordo. Where have you been, man? Yeah, it's Gordo. good to see you. I've been having an existential crisis, Charlie. Oh, fuck, yeah. I, I love whole, it. The whole summer, I, I, I held strong uh, for the two years of COVID, and then uh, I recorded like fucking 54 episodes in five months, uh, including like eight, seven-hour deep dives and fucking 26 four hour true crime so it was just rape and murder rape and murder rape and murder like as you know uh, a, lot of, a lot of weird stuff it has and a just, toll on the spirit I just burnt out and then I had to just sit down just real quiet for about three months and just go ah. I just gather all my 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 uh, what are they called the 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 things the Scientologists will test you for thetans so you, the, you yeah, gotta raise your thetan level I had to gather, gather all my Tetans back together and make sure they were all in the right place and all. But uh, yeah, man, I, I, I'm coming back. I want to do shows with all of you guys and Swapcast and stuff like that. But um, we just released an episode on Rasputin. Uh, he has a ginormous cock uh, with a wart that's very strategically placed to pleasure uh, pleasure uh, any lady in the Russian Empire. And uh, We call it a hammer in the, in the United States. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a baby's arm holding an apple. And uh, really just very, very like historically impressive penis. And... Um, we did one on the Menendez brothers, which is a big, real sad story that uh, the TikTok kids have taken under their, uh, under their, I, I guess, like their sensibilities, their modern sensibilities. And they're like, hey, these guys are really abused very badly and they're still in jail. What's going on? No I got a story. really wild Menendez, personal Menendez story for you one of these days. I'll talk to you <laughs> off air. You, 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 play, you played one of the lads in tennis when you were young or something, was it? No, we heard, we, we had a scanner and it, accidentally for some crazy reason when i was in college picked up a phone conversation that lyle menendez was having from the prison with his girlfriend where we were like what the fuck and we were all huddled around it and he was so crazy like tell me that you love me promise me that you'll be there tomorrow Fuck Gil Garcetti, you know, like this whole, we're like, oh my God, this is really the guy. So we listened to this crazy, like, you know, like, I don't know how we picked up on it. I don't wow, know. That's of it. But it was while the trial was going on, because I remember we were in at USC, which is geographically right down the street from where the prison or the jail is. And we were picking up on this audio for whatever reason. So. Yeah, you, you gotta love the years of cordless phones and the ease of access <laughs> to picking up the radio signals, don't you? This was like 1994, so yeah. Uh, you can't uh, you can't blame him for being a bit clingy, though, in fairness. Uh, I was so disappointed to find out that he actually had more sex and was married twice in his 20s than I was, and he was in jail for his whole 20s. I was like, oh, <laughs> Holy that's shit. fucking disappointing. Um, he was a good looking guy what could he do yeah. Um, yeah so there's a bunch of episodes now coming out and a bunch of swapcasts nice. and stuff and I, I did, I, I've done stuff with all you guys before so I, I'm back in the saddle uh, that's why I'm here tonight like I had to show up 
you said seven o'clock and the clocks went forward. I, I, I logged on just when uh, just when people were talking about like time. Isn't time a weird thing? And I'm like, yeah, did I just miss an hour? What the fuck just happened? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's great to be back. Thanks for uh, where can the, inviting me. And I just had to silently just go. No, never. where can people find it? Uh, Doseconspiracyguys.com uh, and it's those conspiracy guys anywhere on all the apps and um, like I'm obviously not on YouTube Tui! and uh, I got kicked off of Vimeo because uh, you know they don't like um, stuff but uh, I'm on Patreon as well and uh, Rockfin obviously and, well uh, if you would quit on. talking about the Jews they let you stay on there Cosmic Keys how is it going <laughs> this is uh, I love the outfit yeah Says you're the muted, muted man. The muted zombie. You're still muted. Cosmic peas. You're still muted. You're very. You're ghosts. Yeah. The cure doesn't want him to talk. He's muted and he can't hear us. Yeah, he's done. He's done everything <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Sorry. There, now we got you. Yeah, I'm the guy from the cure. So, uh, oh. yeah, cosmickeyspodcast.com. For me. Awesome. We love it. We appreciate the calendar. I have a calendar too. And I have one of your stickers on my laptop. So Heck yeah. Miriam, what's happening? Honey Colony is relaunched back, back better than ever. I don't know. I was just on there and they had you guys had all kinds of stuff I'd never seen before. Uh, there is a refresh, which may include uh taking me out because my name has become associated with negativity could you imagine uh, but that's a different story yes you can buzz on over to honeycolony.com we have new offerings and uh, more so i'm in the final stretches i can't wait to get george floyd out of my being but you can check out the sizzle they just took me off of vimeo where the sizzle was uh, living and they're also throttling my gifts and go which will be a big part of what i'm raising is to go to the um, sacred calf that i call sean hibbler of hibbler productions who i'm very excited to collaborate with and i'm on yeah the final stretches of my book you can check me out on mariamhenane dot com h-e-n-e-i-n dot com and i'm on rockfin my show is fridays at 11 eastern and it's called truth lives here thank you i've seen some of your george floyd stuff and it's amazing and i did see the sizzle reel before they took it yes down. yeah yes, well you. well done i think people are gonna dig it for sure Tease, yes. what's happening are you still doing activism what would you what would you call it Guerrilla uh, activism. I, I call it uh, autonomous protest, which is basically that you don't need a movement to make moves. Everyone thinks that you got to go out there in a herd to be heard, but it's not true. Just get your balls, get moving, go out there, be smiley, be nice, approach people, get them up to the basics. I do that, and I'm still up to it. Uh, a couple weeks ago, man, like it's brutal here in Canada. Um, there was like a public school teacher rally. You want to experience a lot of hate in one place, get a whole bunch of school teachers together. And that, and I was trying to, I had like the big medical dictatorship, like sign there with like plot points to actually inform them about something. So yeah, I'm still up to that. Uh, but the show I host is called Conspiracy Synergy. It's conspiracysynergy.com. I'm an artist and it's designed as an outreach tool in a very welcoming and fun 
way for your friends and family. So if you want to get the people you know uh, into the know, rather than fighting with them at Thanksgiving like Charlie's a pro, uh, then go check out Conspiracy Synergy. It's a fun show. I agree. I think it's really cool. I like the way you do it a whole lot. Uh, Chuck Ocelli does a great radio show. Um, but he may yell at you if you go on there. Well, I That's might. Right. Did, did I yell at you last time? No. No. I, well, we were yelling at each other in agreement. Oh, okay, okay. Now, I was yeah. going to say, I don't, I don't usually yell at my guests, usually. No, we were, but, we were getting along all right. Okay. Uh, yeah, right now, uh, Ocelli.com is currently down and uh, uh, quite a bit under attack. I've been recently removed from uh, YouTube permanently, finally. Uh, recently uh, taken off of AM and FM radio as well. But uh, guess what? I'm still kicking, and I'm going to uh, get back out there some more. The website will come back up shortly as soon as I... Uh, get done fighting over who actually owns my .com, which is me. But anyway, uh, if uh, anybody on the show wants any of my stickers, because you mentioned stickers, I do have them right now. I don't usually have merch, and uh, no, I'm not uh, trying to sell them. Just uh, send me an email to blindjfkresearcher at gmail.com, because uh, that's one of the things I'm actually known for. Not so, uh, not so known for the radio show anymore. I love being on the Union of the Unwanted. Although I feel like I'm not uh, not generally in a union of any kind, I'm unwanted among the unwanted. That's so, all right, uh, and there's we'll reasons take, for it. So we'll, uh, we'll take you however we can get you. I appreciate it, and uh, big big thanks to uh, uh, Ricky who uh, does remember who I am, uh, partially because uh, we we both share the same uh, uh, word in our podcast. I think I, I I do the Ocelli effect. He does the ripple effect, obviously. So anyway, uh, of course, he does a much better job than me. But what the hell? It is what it is. I do it my way. I do it the best I can. And uh, yeah, I'm damn near blind, but trust me, I can see a lot of things. And uh, one of the things I love to do is have the revelation through conversation. I also produce a couple other shows uh, through my little mini network, including uh, Jack Blood and uh, Aaron Franz, The Age of Transitions, as well as uh, Get Mad with Chris Graves. Anyway, those guys are all great in their own right. And if you don't know who they are, yeah, yeah. go check it out, especially if you need to hear something a little different. Yeah, and I appreciate you. You've had me on a couple times, and we always have great conversations about all kinds of crazy shit, and I love it. So thank you for for what you're doing. Mark Steves is running a network. Can you enlighten us, please? Where uh, One place where everybody can be found, so you don't have to go to 8 million different websites. You can just go to one. Yeah, of course. Not a network, Charlie. It's a cooperative. Cooperative, sorry. Here is welcome to join because our goal is to help promote free speech and podcasting and give anyone the tools to to do it easily. So I do a lot of work with with podcasters from, you know, just starting out to, you know, Graham actually, who was just on a call with me a week ago and we were talking about strategies and different things with social media and clips. So if anybody here isn't a part of Alt Media United, most of, or some of you are, um, hit me up and I'd love to have you a part of it. I also have a podcast called My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. And uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've got a lot of great episodes. I don't know. I'm kind of going uh, at, a, at a similar pace to Gordo, but I, I got to say, I'm not, I'm not tired yet because I, I don't talk about true crime. I interview really interesting folks like most of you here. So if any of you want to join me for that show, uh, reach out. My email is in the chat. So yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. I always love contributing to the union. We, we appreciate all that you are doing. And I should have mentioned um, Nature Boy, the Ocelli Effect um, 
or are you producer? Yeah, producer. I produce the producer. Wednesday night show. It's the wild card night. Yeah. So, um, I, Chuck never knows who I'm going to book, and he's always good on his feet. So it works out good. It's interesting. That's fun. It's like Russian roulette for, for Chuck. I love it. It is. It is. And he does a good job. So it's the Ocelli, Ocelli effect. Um, Ocelli.com, Wednesday nights. Check it out. It's got a whole bunch of good things. And thanks for letting me come on. I really enjoy hanging out with y'all because it's nice not being the smartest guy in the room. I really love <laughs> the dumbass. It's plus, plus you got the benefit of that voice, that incredible voice. He's, he's the host of OBDM. I hired him to do the intro, and uh, he's, this summer he's authoritative voice. It really works. He, he's also, he's yeah. also the guy who does the station ID Ocelli.com. It's Ocelli. great. There's all cock and cox attorneys at law that he runs on his uh short attention span theater show that is not prime for prime time but um i get a laugh out of it well we appreciate you uh i love your the show i love uh coming on we always have a good time uh but there's a morning show that happens monday through friday on rockfin that i think um well look you're no matt lauer let's just put it that way but I steve poikin no is here it's true. Um, yeah, you can you can find AM Wake Up Monday through Friday on Rockfin and Rumble. Uh, you can also find my other shows, Slow News Day, uh, on Sundays. I also have a show Thursday evenings that I'm doing with my friend Sugar, um, also on the Slow News Day Rockfin. Uh, we have incredible guests, and uh, we we give you the news six to twelve months early, and we do it uh, with apocalypse prep and dick jokes. So uh, pull up for that. It's fun. We love and that. And as always, you thank you guys so much for having me on. I am eternally humbled. Uh, and you guys rock. This is the best ensemble podcast on the planet. Thank you, Steve. We appreciate you. Uh, well, where can we find the ghost hunters? I say, what's with all the black cats all of a sudden? I know. I got my black cat jumping down, helping out with the... Uh... Oh, wait, right? <laughs> So what, we I can only yeah. give you a white pit bull, but I can bring him in again. Yeah. We don't podcast. We're not, we're not that uh, advanced yet, but um, I can be found on lisanolan.com. Uh, if anybody's interested in getting a reading uh, from a psychic or a mediumship perspective, and I abs- absolutely can teach anyone what I do. I uh, teach classes out of a place called the Reiki Center in Columbus, Ohio. So I've got classes coming up in January and February. So, yeah. So we're That's just fantastic. Yeah, thanks for letting us come on and share this uh, platform with you guys. It's well, been a great thank time. you. It was such an appropriate night for this, yeah. and uh, you know, we wanted to talk about a variety of things that are kind of spooky and unknown, and and uh, it seemed like the right time to do it. And so we appreciate you bringing your personal experiences into this. This is definitely a warm audience for this. You know, yeah. we, we're, we're into all kinds of stuff. Okay. Um, Including the best podcast, in my opinion, in the world that Mike hosts called OBDM. Oh, thank, you. thank you. What's happening with OBDM? Oh, you know, the same old. We're uh, plugging along. We, we go live Wednesdays nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The noon on, on Saturdays in Charlie, you know, we cover paranormal, current events, and uh, weird, wacky news. And we try to have fun. So we're, we're doing it consistently. So. I love it. It's it's such a fantastic show. I love it so much 
that my guest uh, on Macroaggressions next Sunday will be Joe from... Oh, really? You got him? You booked him? We already recorded it. Wow. Holy moly. Yep. I'm not messing around here, Mike. Wow. We're going straight for your your partner there. They're they're, they're good good co-hosts. I appreciate those guys coming on and hanging out. Yeah, we, 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 I, and we had a fantastic conversation. Sure. So, uh, listen, this, uh, uh, macroaggressions is my show. Also, day zero, I do that as well. Um, you want to follow me on Twitter where I argue with robots. That's at macroaggression. <laughs> you can go to the website, theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com and find out about the books I've written and the uh, podcasts that we're doing. And, um, and of course, follow this show, subscribe to the Union of the Unwanted as an audio podcast. Also, let's not forget about Sam Tripoli and uh, one of the co-hosts. Got to wish him a happy birthday. His birthday, he just turned 50 last uh, on the 28th. So oh, okay. Wow. Okay. 50 well, years old now. Congratulations. Wow. I beat him by a month to it. So uh, he and I are old. But uh, Tinfoil Hat and uh, Broken Simulation and eight other podcasts for sure. And also Ricky Verandas who started here, had to bail with the kids, uh, the ripple effect podcast.com. Please subscribe to the ripple effect podcast uh, wherever podcasts are served and uh, check the description description of this podcast for links to everyone's shows. Check them out. Thank you everybody. We appreciate you. Bye. Have a good night. (laughs) 